Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is wrestling writer and historian Brian R. Solomon, and you are listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. I was the 100th guest on this podcast, so I think it's definitely worth your time. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time. Your host, Stu Palmer. Well, it's episode 111 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast, and my guest today is Northwest wrestler and the leader of the Violent Gentleman Society, Tommy Jackson. He is becoming prevalent on the Northwest wrestling circuit. He is the leader of the VGS with Christy Quinlan and Casey Payne, and we get to hear about how he developed his character during lockdown with the help of his wife. We also talk about the wrestlers that Tommy Jackson grew up watching and love watching, including Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn and Eddie Guerrero. We also delve away from the topic of wrestling as we're both Everton football soccer fans. And we've had a bit of a tough time in the league this year. We're still battling relegation to stay up. But yeah, me and Tommy are very passionate about Everton and Tommy has a season ticket at Everton too. So, without further ado, my guest is the leader of the Violent Gentleman Society, Tommy Jackson. Enjoy. My guest from just at the A55 in Liverpool on Merseyside, UK, is the leader of the Violent Gentleman Society. It is Mr. Tommy Jackson. How are we today, pal? Very good, Stu. How are you? All good, mate. Now, first and foremost, I want to get into your start in wrestling training, when it began, how it was for you initially, and then more latterly, we'll get into the VGS and the genesis yeah. of the VGS. But yeah, it's to do with you first and foremost, and yeah, your your wrestling training and time frame and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, I've loved wrestling as, as far back as I can remember. Um, from being like a young child, like I was always, when Sky One was free, that was like my sort of first introduction into wrestling. Um, sort of Jake the Snake, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, those sort of, sort of wrestlers were about and stuff, and uh, the Slam Buddies and all that stuff growing up. So, um, but yeah, it was sort of uh, around April, May time of, of 2019, a close friend of mine, um, Brian Adenson, was uh, training and, and, and wrestling and stuff. And um, we, me and my wife had had uh, a clothing range out to raise some money for uh, the Haemophilia Society, which is our, uh, our youngest son has that condition. Uh, we went to one of the shows selling some T-shirts and stuff. And we just said, why don't you come down and, and give it a go? Um, and I was sort of nearly 30 at the time. And I was a bit like mm, working full time wife two kids I thought I don't know whether I'll have the time to do it but you know what I'll, I'll give it a go um went to my first session um couldn't walk properly for a week afterwards uh it was uh, it was pretty intense um but I think that first session is, is make or break to a lot of people I think 
if you if you don't go back after that first week, you'll never do it again. Um, and that was sort of even all the pain I was in. Um, I just thought I've, I've got to do this, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, that that was uh, my first sort of experience into pro wrestling. Um, lots of squats. That was pretty much it. That was what killed me. Uh, yeah, it was, it was it was a very painful experience. Um, but yeah, that's so that was around about June 2019. First five. How was it easy for you initially picking it up, or was it quite quite hard? Learning it, how did you find it early on? It was very different than what I anticipated it was going to be. Um, it, it's I watch wrestling now in a completely different way than what I did three years ago. Um, I'm a lot more aware of what where things should be, and you know, um, and you can sort of notice certain things now. Where before it was just like you just watched it for the entertainment. Where now I'm finding myself critiquing professional wrestlers. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was harder than I expected, but easier than I expected in certain aspects. Um, the sort of the energy of it is very hard. Um, I didn't think it was going to be as taxing as far as like your energy output um, as it has been. Um, and you do sort of climatize to it eventually. But it was just yeah, it was a bit of an eye opener at first of how out of breath you get. Um, and also as well, it, it, it's remembering where you need to be and, and, and things like that, that whilst being extremely fatigued, that can be very difficult. Um, but you sort of, again, you can climatize towards that and get better as it as you go along. And I think I have. So, um, but yeah, that, that was probably the most difficult part was just sort of remembering where you need to be, your footwork and things like that. And now it's just like riding a bike. You just know where you should be, how you turn and things like that. Within four months, because obviously you sent me a time frame of getting you starting that. Yeah. You you were in the ring for your debut in October 29 against BGS member Christy Quinlan, of course, who you've been friends yeah. with. So yeah, yeah that, that's quite quick. That's quite quick getting in there for your debut. It was. Um, I really wasn't expecting it at all. Um it was a Thursday, so it was two days before the show, um, and I'd, I'd sort of expected to be a rumble entrant in the show the following month, because I thought, they're not just going to throw me in the deep end and, and work a match, and I got the notification on my phone, and my name was on there, and I, and I thought, that's got to be a mistake. Like uh, it, was, it was one of those things where I was like, is it? Did I, did I think I was ready? And, you know, I had all these questions and I, I rang my wife and I was like, I'm, I'm wrestling on Saturday. And she was like, oh, well done. You, you must be doing really well. And uh, looking back at the match now, it's horrific. You know, it's really bad. Um, and Christy was a godsend in that match. Um, absolutely got me through it. Um, but yeah, it was, it's still one of my fondest memories. You know, even as bad as the match was, it's still sticks in my mind as like one of the most one of the best moments of my life that's cool man that's cool yeah just also within that time and then into 2020 obviously pandemic now you utilize the pandemic but how were you mentally not able to wrestle during that time did you cope with it uh not really no um i just sort of started to find my feet again going 
back from October, between October and the March and lockdown. Obviously, it's only five months, but I, I wrestled like, I think, 12 or 13 times in that time frame. So I was really starting to find my feet. And mm. just mm. before we went into lockdown, I think it was like a week before we had a show, and I had a singles match, and I just felt for the first time that I was really, really comfortable in the ring. Um, the crowd were really starting to get behind me. As, um, and then, yeah, the pandemic hit, and it just sort of felt like it was just sort of stop-start. Um, and then Speaking Out happened. Um, so the school we were at at the time shut, shut down. Uh, I didn't know when we were going back because obviously initially we were told oh it's two weeks and we'll be back um, and then that turned into six months of no wrestling um, so during that time I, I, it really hit me hard because I didn't realise how good wrestling was making me feel um, and it was sort of an outlet for my mental health as well and, and being mm. around people and, and talking and, and having that sort of human interaction and um, it just turned into nothing. And, yeah, it was a really bad time for me personally. Um, didn't enjoy it one bit, but, um, you know, coming out coming out of lockdown, it was, it was, I had a completely different mind frame. You did use the time effectively though, mate, because you came up with the yeah. faction that now stands today, the Violent Gentleman Society, with yourself, Christy Quinlan, and KC Payne, another guy that you've come into the business with. So yeah, you did utilise your time, because you managed to formulate this faction, which is a fantastic faction, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it was, it was strange, because obviously after speaking out and stuff, like uh, talking to my wife, I was like, I don't know if I want to go back, because I'm at an age now where, you know, there's a lot of things... That I, I don't really like to get involved in sort of backstage stuff. Like I just, I'm very much, I want to get there, say hi, wrestle, go home. You know, I'm not really into, I, I don't really like that sort of stuff. And it, it sort of puts me on edge. Um, and obviously it was one of those things where I thought, do I really want to go back into that environment? Um, but it was my wife who taught me into it. She said, you know, you, you put, a lot of time into it, maybe start thinking about what direction you want to go in. And, and it started out initially, nothing like it is now. Um, we'd watch the Netflix series, Hollywood. And the, it was based in like the sort of noir era of, of Hollywood. And I thought that'd be a really cool character actually, sort of like a smarmy Hollywood actor who thinks he's better than everybody else. And, and you know, I, I thought, yeah, that, that'd be pretty cool. And, I started sort of putting together an idea of, of what I wanted to do with it. And then it just sort of manifested into what it is today, which is nothing like that at all. Um, it's very much just a clean cut, all business kind of guy who hates everybody apart from the people he's associated with. And doesn't matter if you're a good guy or a bad guy, he's going to beat you up. Um, you know, the, <laughs> There's no uh, there's no one's safe really with him. Um, and then, yeah, I reached out to Christy first and basically said to him, I know you've not got a lot on, um, but I have this idea for a faction of, of this group of guys who, you know, uh, overlooked and not really seen as, you know, um, 
don't have any potential and we basically just take over wherever we go. Um, and then I, I like the idea of having a third man. Um, and Casey, again, was someone who has ridiculous potential um, and wasn't really getting opportunities other than the odd appearance here and there. And he jumped at it. And that's basically how we, we come together. Where did the group debut, Tommy? Uh, first appearance as a group was at Wrestle Island in September of mm-hmm. last year. Um, I'd, I'd previously wrestled uh, in an outdoor show for Pete um, in, I think it was in Birkenhead. Uh, it was like, like a summer festival. Uh, they had a match with Harley Hudson. And that's where I debuted the character of the Violent Gentleman. And we had a, a, a Pete said it was the match of the day. We got a fantastic reaction from the crowd. And it, it was, wasn't was what I expected. Because, um, again, I'd never really thought about wrestling a lady before. It's it just something that never really crossed my mind. And um, But I knew how talented Harley was. So I thought, you know, this could work in my favour. Um, you know, I'm twice the size of her, um, but she's probably twice as strong as me. Um, so she threw me around that ring um, just as much as I did. Um, and the crowd were really behind her, really hated me. Um, and I thought this, this could work. Um, but yeah, we, we got Pete messaged me after the show, said he was, he was happy with my performance um, and basically said, you know, we want you on the next show. And, and I was over the moon with it. Um, I'm someone who, who's lacked, lacked self-belief um, in myself. And if I have a bad day at the office, it tends to affect me for a long time. Um, but coming out of that, I felt like on top of the world and um, being given that opportunity at Wrestle Island, which is such a big show, um, I thought, you know, I, c- I, c- I can do this. Um, and so we went in and destroyed Char- young Charlie Brennan and James Reed in the ring. Um, and left them laying, and, and that's sort of set up where we are as far as the story with, with me and Charlie um, since that. But yeah, we've, we've basically dominated um, since we started. I've had the pleasure of commentating your matches at Superstar. We've done a few now with you you on the bill. So how, how have you found Superstar? Obviously, we started out in Kirby, didn't we? We're now in Fizakali. Bigger, the room's yeah. bigger, isn't it? But yeah, how how superstar pro been for you so far, Tommy? Because it's been a pleasure calling your matches. Obviously, we've got the Everton link as well. Obviously, yeah, your yeah, your yeah. character, your character. No, it's uh, I, I think it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah, superstar's been been fantastic. It's it, it's been great to sort of hold my skills in there. And there's a lot of guys in there that I've wanted to work with. Um, yeah, kind of clients. Um, you know, my match with him, I really, really enjoyed mm. because um, it, it, it's funny, really, because when you're wrestling there with your, with your close friends, you tend to hit twice as hard. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's really strange, and we really, really beat the crap out of each other that match. Um, and you know, it, it was such a fun match to have because um, of our sort of with similar builds, and and I've never really wrestled someone with a similar build before, so I didn't really know what to expect, but Con- Connor's an absolute pro, and, um, you know, we, we really, really sort of gave it to each other. He was, he got the win, unfortunately, on that, that occasion, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, my debut was against Alfie Brooks, 
um, managed to get the, the W on that one, which was was uh, was great to, to win on my debut. Um, and I've had yeah rumble appearance, and then the debut of the Violent Gentlemen Society Saturday just gone, which was which was fantastic. Really, really enjoyed the day. I was lambasted on commentary by Mike Angus. He wasn't happy. He was not happy, but also uh, we were wearing. Well, I was wearing the shirt as well, which is obviously the proceeds yeah. to go into the Haemophilia Society because your son has that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, but fan- fantastic, um, fantastic! It's going to the charity, all the proceeds from that. But yeah, Mike wasn't happy with me on commentary, but I'll say it as it is. Yeah. Mike needs to shut up. He's got a big mouth. Um, he's uh, <laughs> now. <laughs> With 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 me and Mike, we've had the uh, we've had a bit of history at Superstar Pro, especially uh, in in recent months. Um, I had I debuted for TNT earlier on in the year, um, and I come out of that match not feeling great um, in my performance whatsoever. I really, really didn't enjoy. It's not that I didn't enjoy the match. Um, I just really didn't think I performed very well. And Mike was the first one to sort of pull me to one side and say, "Listen." It's just one day, you know. Um, it's not going to be like this all the time, you know. Don't let it get to you. Um, and gave me some really good advice. And then the following, I think it was two weeks later, I, I debuted for Superstar. And after the match, we got right in Mike's face and I said, "Is that what you wanted?" Um, and yeah, so and now that I've got my two lads in there, they can do it for me. Mm-hmm. So they can bully Mike instead, so I can concentrate on beating people up in the ring. There's a certain amount of muscle. With you guys, but yeah, yeah, and, uh, I'll I'll sort Angus out on the commentary. Don't worry about that. Uh, you know, but yeah, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to ask you now. Going back when you were a fan, when you were a youngster like myself, obviously we watched in the early nineties. So yeah, just some, just who did you love? Who did you love to watch back it back in the days, man? And I know that's very broad. That's a broad question yeah. to ask, but yeah, man, it just what drew you to wrestling as a kid? Um, well, as I say, the, the first sort of instance I can remember is, is when it was on Sky One. I think it was Superstars. It used to show sort of highlights from different shows and stuff. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I was like a, a fanatic at that point. It, it was definitely sort of the Attitude Era where I started getting pulled into it. A lot of my friends in school were talking about it and stuff. And I thought, oh, yeah, I've not watched that for a while. So uh, by the time we didn't have Sky, so uh, my auntie used to record Raw for me um, and drop it off weekly. Um, and I always like all my friends were big sort of Stone Cold fans The Rock Kane Undertaker um, but I was always drawn to Triple H always um, and I think this episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology they have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It was the the one match that in particular that always stuck with me or one episode of Raw that always stuck with me was the night when Jericho beat him for the WWF title um, and then the, the title got reversed later on. Yeah. And it was the way he tricked El Hebner to reverse the decision and then fired him and then beat him up. I thought, oh my God, this guy's an absolute nutcase. And, and I just loved how smart he was and how he went about things and what he was so 
vicious in the way he attacked people. And, and then even then, when he was a face, like the comedy stuff he did was fantastic. Like he always, you know, was up for making people laugh or being the butt of the joke as well. He, he never took himself too seriously in that regard. And, um, you know, he'd definitely be someone that, you know, you say, who would you like to be, who would you like to sit in a room with and have lunch with? You know, he'd definitely be that person that'd love an hour of his time just to pick his brain because I can imagine I'd, I'd get so much knowledge from him in that time. Look how he cultivated his character as well because if you look at him in, w, in WCW before he came in, in 95, you know, and then it was the Greenwich Blue Blood, wasn't it, and all that, and then into this ass-kicking yeah, ass kicking machine. But yeah, it just goes to show, doesn't it, how you can develop a character, uh, you know, from, from something totally different. And uh, he found it, he found himself, yeah, didn't yeah. he? That's it, and that, that's what, you know, this character that I, I, I am at the moment is, you know, it, it, it's still early days, you know, there's so much that I can, I can get from this, and, you know, it, it's starting to pay dividends a little bit, because, you know, I'm starting to see more interest from people, and I'm starting to see the bookings come in, so, you know, it's, we've still got a long way to go, though, there's still so many different things we've got to do, so, um, but no, I'm really excited for the future. I'll go with the topic of factions now because you are the leader of a faction yourself as we've spoken about. So yes, some factions that you enjoyed watching yeah. as well. That, I thought that'd be a good one to ask. No, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, there was the, the obvious ones are obviously DX. Um, I was never really a big NWO fan. Um, I enjoyed them individually. Um, never really liked Hogan. Never been a Hogan fan. Um, and that might get, get me uh, lambasted on, on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it was just never something that I ever, I never liked him. It was just, I don't know what it was. I just never mm. gravitated towards him. Out of the three, I, I enjoyed Scott Hall's work the most. Because um, again, I don't want to go into the hundreds of members of NWO that they had. So, um, you know, the core three, I think, out of all of them, Scott Hall was, um, you know, the, the one that I think, how was he not a world champion at least mm. once? You know, um, his work on the mic was fantastic. His look was great. You know, he was a great face and a heel when he was raising Ramon. And obviously, you know, my condolences to his family as well. And, um, you know, in passing last week, it was, uh, I think it hit the rest of the world pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I think DX were great. Um, I enjoyed it when they were the, the four um, with the New Age Outlaws, X-Pac, Triple H. Um, I even enjoyed the sort of 2000s run where uh, I think Billy Gunn got kicked out and there was Tory and a few others and, um, you know, I really enjoyed them around that time. Um, Evolution as well, you know, their work. Um, obviously, being a big Triple H fan, it seems to be a bit of a kind of, you know, continuity there. Um, but yeah, again, the way they set that up was great, you know, with having two stars who, well, two young lads who no one had heard of really you know they were doing bit parts for smackdown and raw weren't really doing a lot and then obviously to make them into the stars they are today um you know fantastic but another faction that was quite short-lived but i really enjoyed was the radicals really enjoyed you know those those guys you know the way they came in was so unique Mm. um i would have loved to have debuted for a company in that way um, you know, sat in the crowd and and then just sort of beating someone up. It was, it was so new. Um, 
but yeah, the, the time they were together, they were fantastic. It's mad to think that, you know, when the Radicals came in and then Eddie got injured, didn't he, pretty much straight away? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, did the frog splash, didn't he? You know, which he'd hit numerous, numerous, hundreds and hundreds of times. So it was like, oh, no. But uh, when he did come back, obviously he came in with China, didn't he? They did all that. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just mad to think they weren't really, they weren't really utilising WCW. All right, Benoit was getting into, you know, main events and stuff. But uh, it's just how WWE could just change, change tack with talent. It's just amazing, wasn't it, what they could do? It's unreal. Like, and again, you look at Malenko and Saturn and, and how technically gifted they were in the ring. You sort of had Benoit, who, again, was, was an unreal wrestler absolutely horrible human being but and um, you know his wrestling qualities were you can't doubt them perry satin malenko malenko now i think i appreciate a lot more yeah the amount of um s- sort of stuff he was an innovator you know he, he changed a lot of if anything modern pro wrestling was based a lot around him um you know and what he did um and his brother as well um, was also fantastic, um, but yeah, I think with Eddie, he just was just unreal, wasn't he? Um, you know, that that title win against Brock Lesnar still sits in my memory as as one of the best moments in in WWE history. It was unreal. The crowd were so partisan as well that night. They really wanted Eddie to win, and mm-hmm. getting that win, you could see how much it meant to him. Um, but yeah, no, they were absolutely fantastic, all four of them. What about maybe a couple of matches, Tom? A couple of matches that like stand out for you, uh, you know, as a as a performer yourself now, as a wrestler yourself, maybe that sort of avenue with it. Like, what, what would you, what would you say was two of your favourites? All um, three. I'll give you three. I'll yeah. give you three. Actually, I'm restricting you. I'll do a top three. I'll do a top three. Okay. Sorry. That makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, <laughs> and I'd probably say. One of my favourite matches of all time was Benoit and Jericho, the ladder match. Um, I think it was at Backlash, I think. Or was it the Rumble? I, I've got a funny feeling it was Rumble 2001. Rumble 2001. Yeah, real, that, that match was fantastic. Um, again, for a ladder match, they really utilised what they needed to. Um, and then... The, the walls of Jericho at the top of the ladder was just so innovative for what, you know, like never seen that before. Um, I think, I'm trying to think, you know, you put me on the spot a little bit here. I know, um, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Carter 2 um, more than the first one. Um, I just loved how exhausted they both were and all how they played, how exhausted they were. Um, and you could see towards the end of that match, both of them were just absolutely out on their feet. You know, they, they could barely stand. And um, I do prefer a match to have some form of storytelling. Like, I'm not a big spot guy um, as far as what I enjoy watching. I would much rather have something build over a certain length of time and then a big payoff um, and rather than just sort of like spots and, and things that stick with me. Um, 
I'm just trying to think now of a, a good example. But again, my mind's gone blank, throws the way. Um, let me have a... I can't think. If anything comes into my head, we'll come back. Yeah, yeah, we'll come back to it, mate. We'll come back to it. It's fine. It's fine. Now, obviously, going forward with the Violent Gentleman Society, uh, what, what bookings are coming up? Obviously, you're causing destruction everywhere you go. So, yeah, some, some upcoming shows for you guys yeah. and where the fans fans can find you around the northwest of England. Yeah, so our next show is this coming Saturday. Um, we're in Southport for the Kingdom of Wrestling. Um, myself and Casey Payne are facing off against the Freak Show. Um, really excited for that match. Um, really clash of styles. Um, those two guys... Um, I followed closely over the last few months, um, and yeah, the, the fans there are going to be uh, in for a bit of a, a battle with that one, I think. Um, and then after that, we've got uh, Superstar Pro Wrestling again, uh, and that is the 12th, uh, no, 14th of May, I think it is. Um, that is also in Fazak, and then after that, May 29th, uh, we're back at Wrestle Island for This Is The Way. Um, yet to be uh, confirmed, apart from we're, we're all uh, entrants into the Rumble match, uh, which I, w- I am actually able to select my entry number uh, oh. to beat in Charlie. Oh. That's, a, that's a good one, Matt. Will you yeah. go in first? Yeah. Will you go in first to make a statement or are you going to be dead last coming in there? That is the question. You like to, you like, you like a reign of terror. You like punishment. Who knows? Um, you know, the, the way I see it is that I've got to find a place in that match that, you know, is going to be a benefit to me, whether that is first, whether it's last, whether it's slap bang in the middle, wherever I can see an opportunity where I can think, you know, I can win this. then that's where exactly I'll place myself. Now I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna change tack, change topic. Now I'm not gonna. We're not gonna speak about yesterday's result. That was an absolute <laughs> abomination. It, we did an Everton yeah. away away from home. It's just not happening. We were better. We were better away from home when there was no fans in. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we were. We were. We were. But I know. Obviously, you got see, you're a season ticket holder at Goodison. Um, how how are you finding it with Frank Lampard? I know it's been years and years of mis mismanagement with the team. We've spent a lot of money on players that just aren't up to par. What are your thoughts and feelings? Because you you go the games, you, you know you're you're there all the time yeah, in the yeah. gla- in the gladness there, mate. So I'd like to get your yeah. perspective on how it is under Frank Lampard's tenure. Uh, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's been a bit sort of up and down. Um... I still believe that we should be playing with a three in midfield rather than a two. Um, I think that's a big weakness of ours. I mean, I think it's difficult because, again, you know, I'm not a football manager, but I think if I can see that, surely he can. Um, but, yeah, I think Frank's been left with 
a club that is in complete disarray. There's no please fail. The players just aren't good enough. Um, and I think if he is given time, it could be a successful appointment. Um, my main concern is that these players just down tools again, uh, which you know they've been known to do in the past. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm quietly positive that it is long term going to be a success. But it depends if the club give him that time. He's a born winner, uh, you know, uh, uh, as a player. That that you know, we've seen it time and time again. I do think. It's it's early doors. I mean, it's his press conference yesterday. He doesn't hold no punches, did he? Does he? Do you know what I mean? He, he will he will say it like it is. Which I think I understand that. I think it's just the the goals were leaking. Tom at the back, yeah. five five against Spurs, four against Palace. Like I've never known it. You know, to happen so so frequently. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying it's the defensive lineup. Obviously, we've got no Mina. He's constantly out injured, but when he is there, there's a bit of solidarity. But uh, I, I just think Ben Godfrey, he's been out that long. You can't put it on Ben Godfrey. He's come back from injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, that That's the problematic area. But I do agree with you. We need free in centre mid. Yeah, I, I think, look at it, yesterday's result compared to Thursday's result. The midfield were dropping and covering on Thursday and really making it hard for Newcastle to break through um, where yesterday there was far too much space between the midfield and the defence um, and that's that was the, the difference um, you need that extra body and if it's not there then that's why we play so open um, even with five at the back it, it mm. was just so yeah. open and just didn't look good at all but um, you know it, it, it's one of those things I think Given time and, and getting his signings in, depending on where we are, you know, if we do go down, I dread to think what condition the club would be in. But at the same time, I'm hopeful that we will stay up. Um, but yeah, I think if we do stay up next season, you'll see a completely different side. What about Anthony Gordon, mate? He's been one of the shining lights, hasn't he? To be fair. Yeah. Um, I think that's another big problem that we have. Um, you know, He's such a great player, but to put all of our hopes on a 21-year-old is extremely unfair. Um, and I think that the club really needs to look at itself. You know, and again, a lot of people are calling for Coleman to be dropped and things. And you know, but my my thing with Coleman, and I say it to people who sit around me, you know, when they're moaning at him, it's not his fault. You know, that he's still playing mm. the club since he broke his leg. That was nearly five years ago. They're still not replaced it, um, you know, and that in itself is well. What do you expect, you know? And Nathan Patterson, I'm sure he's 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 one for the future. But you know, those signings in January are starting to look a little bit. Why did we sign them if they're not ready now? Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I think summer's going to be massive for us. How was it in the Gladys against Newcastle? The, the, the crowd as a whole, actually, was that was that one of the best yeah. atmospheres? Um, yeah, I think Leeds at home was, was great. Um, like I, I couldn't talk for a good two or three days after that game. Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was yeah, it was loud. Um, but yeah, Newcastle was was completely different. Um, it was <laughs> it was it was funny because 
you know, Newcastle fans have been quite vocal over the last couple of years, especially since we've had Jordan Pickford and they've created this sort of fictional rivalry in their heads. Um, so they, they sold out their end for the first time in a long time um, for a midweek game. Um, so they were very vocal, brought out their inflatable dinosaurs and the RDB and the Pickford wasn't even playing. Um, so that, that was hilarious. Um, and then, you know, grown men bringing inflatable dinosaurs to a match conceding a 99th minute goal to a 10-man Everton was uh, icing on the cake. But yeah, when that goal went in, we were singing afterwards and I could not understand what song people were singing. It was just noise. Um, <laughs> it, it was like a bubble of noise and I, I, was re- I was having to really concentrate trying to hear what song people were singing because it was just so loud. Um, and yeah, I've, I've not heard it that loud ever in my life and I've been going since I can remember. Um, it was It was unreal. But I'm just hoping, as I say, between now and the end of the season, that, that the home form is a little bit yeah. better. Um, and that's the difference. I think for us to stay up now, between now, out of the 11 games we've got left, we need to win four and nick a couple of draws. Um, and I think that's been a big problem for us this season, is that we haven't drawn a lot of games. No, no, we haven't. We, we either win or we lose. And, yeah. you know, teams around us are either picking up a point or three points. So, you know, we really need to start picking up those points, whether it is a draw or a win. Um, we need to just stop losing. Because um, I'd rather lose one nil and go for it than lose five nil and be shite. So you know, it, it, it's there's got to be that balance for the team, and I think long term something needs to to change. Um, whether that is an extra man in midfield or trying some of the kids out, whatever it is. But yeah, it, it's not it's not looking good at the moment. But I'm I'm hopeful that we will stay up. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, just <laughs> I've. I've known it. I've known it this bad, like yourself in the nineties. You know these younger yeah. fans now. So hold on a minute. Well, the, the team was the team was better back then. I don't necessarily believe that. I don't necessarily believe that. But I know the Premier League's obviously a lot stronger now than it was back then. I, I, I take people's points, but I think I think I've seen it worse than this in the nineties. I still maintain that. Well, um, I. I, I don't know. I don't know myself. Um, it's it, it's it's scary at the moment, and I think because of the quality of the league, and anybody can beat anybody on the day. You know, it could leave us in a very very precarious position. So um, I'm just hoping that those lads in that squad have got the the mentality to at least try and push us through in these last few games, just to you know push us out of trouble. You know, we, we've still got games in hand, but we've got to win them. And that's, it's, that's the important thing. I think that's more, I, I've said this, I think that's more pressure. Uh, knowing, yeah, it it, 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 everyone's like, well, you've got free in hand on, on various teams. Like, Hold on a minute, you, it's the pressure. It's the mentality of the players. Yeah. Like, yeah, I say, it's not a dead suit. That's people on the outside looking in. It's like us talking about other clubs. You know you, you know your own yeah. club. You know how it works. Like, do you know what I mean? Uh, but you know Burnley and Watford, they're all integral the games, but they're they're two that stick out that we've got to get something out of. And uh, Leicester, Leicester are hit and miss. I think we can get something against yeah, Leicester as well. Leicester haven't been great this year, have they? I know yeah, he's I know he's had issues in defence. Rogers, I, I get that. You know they've had a lot of injuries, but uh, there's games there that they have to win because there's games on paper. You know we're likely to struggle, especially for away. 100%. And I think, you know, at Goodison, we've got Man United, Chelsea mm. in the next couple of months. So, you know, it, it's, they're coming thick and fast. And, you know, I think on our day, 
we can beat United. United are fragile just as, as much as we are, in a sense. They've just got that little bit of quality um, that can win them a game. Um, Chelsea, again, it just depends how the crowd react because um, they're not going to have any fans. So, you know, that in itself is, is a bonus. So there's no reason we can't go out and at least get a point from that game. Um, but yeah, Burnley, Watford, Leicester, they're the three that I would say we need to be taking maximum points from. But the issue being is is that Burnley's away and Watford are away. So, you know, it just depends how the team go into the, the games, really, and, and hopefully we can come out with it some, with some wins. Fingers crossed, mate. And because you go every week, you go week and week out. I've got a lot of... Uh... You know, that's good that you do that, that you're there. Regardless, mate, regardless, win, lose or draw, you're, you're at Goodison. And I tip my hat to you there because it, it's not been easy. It's not been easy at all. Tommy, where can the viewers find you? Plug some socials. Plug the store. Plug the VGS store as well, yeah. if you would like, mate. Yeah. Of course. Um, so all of my socials, I'm on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And that's Tommy Jackson PW. Um, we have... Uh, as you mentioned earlier, we've got a shirt running at the moment, with, uh, which is our Blood Edition shirt, uh, which is this one, but in red. Um, and that is, we're currently donating all profits from that to the Haemophilia Society for World Haemophilia Day on the 17th of April. And um, once that's closed, we're going to be releasing individual shirts for us. Um, so keep your eye out for those. Um, and that's on Shopify. Um, just search the Violent Gentleman Society and it will bring the page up. Um, and yeah, but uh, thank you very much for having me on. No problem, mate. Anytime, anytime. I look forward to In Your Scouts in May as well. The Violent Gentleman Society will be in action, I am sure. And yes, I will be fully backing you. I will be fully backing you at the behest, at the behest of the mad dog, Mike Gangus, who is on commentary duty. He's not on ring announcing duty on those Saturday shows in the afternoon. Look forward to that. He's, uh, yeah, he deserves a bit of a, a ticking off. He's always too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep, I'll try and keep him quiet. My guest yeah, from Liverpool in Merseyside, fellow Evertonian, the leader of the Violent Gentleman Society. It is none other than Tommy Jackson. And I will see you in May, my friend. And thank you for coming on to Stu's Wrestling okay, Podcast thank today. Thank you very much, Stu. Take care. That was a fantastic interview right there with Tommy Jackson. It was a pleasure getting him on. And I've had the pleasure also of commentating on his matches at Superstar Pro Wrestling. And it'll be good to see going forward where the VGS go alongside Christy Quinlan and Casey Payne. A big thank you to Chris Dutton for editing the show as always. A big, big thank you to Mike Angus for the intro. And a big, big thank you to Evade Escape for all ready know in the intro and the outro. Thank you for your music, lads. Appreciate it. And we will see you very soon for episode 112 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Podcast Network.